0: Good evening, and welcome to the Sleep with Josh podcast. It's the podcast where you sleep with Josh. I am comedian Josh Yang, and every episode I read various pieces of literature in my trademark monotone voice to help you drift off to sleep. Literature like the dictionary, laws, various manuals, the different terms of services that everyone agrees to but never really reads, and other random boring ideas tonight, I thought it would be interesting to start a new category of sleep with Josh Podcasts focused on cooking. There are many old cookbooks out there and books about food, but never ones that would put you to sleep until now. The first book, we shall cut into is The Complete Book of Cheese by Bob Brown. I have no idea what this book will read like, but I can guarantee it will be about cheese. If you find yourself enjoying this experience, please follow this podcast on your... Player of choice and tell everyone you know that you sleep with Josh. Because at the end of the day, the more people that sleep with Josh, the better. Feel free to also follow me on social media at Josh Yang Comedy. Now sit back, relax. And close your eyes for a Gouda night's rest. Because you'll get tired of this podcast. Guaranteed. The Complete Book Of Cheese By Bob Brown Chapter 1 I Remember Cheese Cheese Market Day In a town in the north of Holland All the cheese fanciers are out thumping the cannonball idams and the millstone goudas with their bare red knuckles. Plugging in with a hollow steel tool for samples. In Holland, the business of judging a crumb of cheese has been taken with great seriousness for centuries. The Abracadabra is comparable to that of the wine taster or tea taster. These Edamers have the trained ear of music masters and merely by knuckle wrapping can tell down to an air pocket left by a gas bubble just how mature the interior is the connoisseurs use gingerbread as a mouth freshener and I too that sunny day among the Idams kept my gingerbread handy and made my way from one fine cheese to another trying out generous plugs from the heaped cannonballs that looked like the ammunition dump at Antietam I remember another market day this time in Lucerne. All morning I stocked up on good Schweizer Casa and better Gruyere. For lunch I had cheese salad. All around me the farmers were rolling 200 pound Emmentalers bigger than ox cart wheels. I sat in a little cafe absorbing cheese and cheese lore in equal quantities. I learned that a prized cheese must be chock full of equal sized eyes, the gas holes produced during fermentation. They must glisten like polished bar glass. The cheese itself must be of a light lemonish yellow. Its flavor must be nut like in brackets. Nuts and Swiss cheese complement each other as subtly as gorgonzola and a ripe banana. End bracket. There are I learned blind swiss cheeses as well but the million eyed ones are better but i don't have to hark back to switzerland and holland for cheese memories here at home we have increasingly taken over the cheeses of all nations first importing them then imitating them from Swiss Engadine to what we call genuine Sprints. We've naturalized Scandinavian blues and smoked browns and baptized our own Saland Far in native whiskey. Of 50 popular Italian types, We duplicate more than half, some fairly well, others badly. We have our own legitimate offspring too, beginning with the pineapple, supposed to have been first made about 1845 in Litchfield County, Connecticut. We have our own creamy Neufchatel. New York Coon, Vermont Sage, the delicious Lederkrantz, California Jack, New World, and dozens of others. Not all quite so original. And, true to the American way, we've organized cheese-eating. There's an annual Cheese Week and a cheese month is October. We even boast a mail order cheese of the month club. We haven't yet reached the point of sophistication, however, attained by a Paris cheese club that meets regularly. To qualify for membership, you have to identify 200 basic cheeses and you have to do it blindfolded. This is a test I'd prefer not to submit to. But in my amateur way, I have, during the past year or two, been sharpening my cheese perception with whatever varieties I could encounter around New York. I've run into briny Caucasian Cossack, Corsican Grakata, and exotics like Rarush Darmar, Travnik, and Karagi Lala. Cheese hunting is one of the greatest, and least competitively crowded, of sports. I hope this book may lead others to give it a try. That was the end of chapter one, and it did not disappoint. Chapter two The Big Cheese. One of the world's first outsized cheeses, officially weighed in at four tons in a fair at Toronto, Canada, 70 years ago. Another monstrous cheddar tipped the scales at six tons in the New York State Fair at Syracuse in 1937. Before this, a 1,000-pounder was fetched all the way from New Zealand to London to star in the Wembley Exposition of 1924. But Compared to the outsized Syracusan, it looked like a baby Gouda. As a matter of fact, neither England nor any of her great dairying colonies have gone in for mammoth jobs. Except Canada, with that four-tonner shown at Toronto. Cheddar Gourd. Edited by Sir John Squire, the first of them weighed 149 pounds and was the largest made up to the year 1825. It was proudly presented to HRH, the Duke of York, in brackets, its heft almost tied the 147 pound Green County Wheel of Wisconsin Swiss presented by the makers to President Coolidge in 1928 in appreciation of his raising the protective tariff against genuine Swiss to 50% end brackets while the cheese itself weighed a mite under 150 His Royal Highness, rough belly, knee breeches, doffed high hat and all, was a hundred weight heavier, and thus almost dwarfed it. It was almost a century later that the second record-breaking Chester weighed in, at only 200 pounds, yet it won a gold medal and a challenge cup and was presented to the king, who graciously accepted it. This was more than Queen Victoria had done with a bridal gift cheese that tipped scales at 1,100 pounds. It took a whole day's yield from 780 contented cows and stood a foot and eight inches high, measuring nine feet four inches around the middle. The assembled donors of the cheese were so proud of it that they asked royal permission to exhibit it on a round of country fairs. The queen assented to this ambitious request, perhaps prompted by the exhibition-minded Albert. The publicity-seeking cheesemongers assured Her Majesty that the gift would be returned to her just as soon as it had been exhibited. But the Queen didn't want it back, after it was show-worn. The donors began to quarrel among themselves about what to do with the remains, until finally it got into Chancery, where so many lost causes end their days. The cheese was never heard of again. While it is generally true that the bigger the cheese, the better. Quote-unquote, much the same as a magnum bottle of champagne is better than a pint. End quote. There is a limit to the obesity of a block, ball, or brick of almost any kinds of cheese. When they pass a certain limit, they lack homogeneity, homogeneity, and are not nearly so good as the smaller ones. Today, a good magnum size for an exhibition cheddar is 560 pounds, for a prize provolone, 280 pounds, while a Swiss wheel of only 210 will draw crowds to any food shop window. Yet, by and large, it's the monsters that get into the cheese hall of fame and come down to us in song and story. For example, that four-ton Toronto affair inspired a cheese poet, James McIntyre, who doubled as the local undertaker. (laughs) This is ridiculous. Okay, so the next is, is literally a poem about the cheese from Toronto. This is... This is too good. We have thee, Mammoth Cheese Lying quietly at your ease Gently fanned by evening breeze Thy fair form no flies dare seize all gaily dressed, soon you'll go to the greatest provincial show to be admired by many a beau in the city of Toronto. May you not receive a scar as we have heard that Mr. Harris. Intends to send you off as far as the great world's show at Paris. Of the youth, beware of these, for some of them might rudely squeeze and bite your cheek, then song or glee. We could not sing, oh queen of cheese. An ode to a one hundred percent American mammoth was inspired by quote unquote the ultra democratic anti federalist cheese of Cheshire. This was in the summer of eighteen oh one when the patriotic people of Cheshire, Massachusetts, turned out in mass to concoct a mammoth cheese on the village green for presentation to their beloved President Jefferson. The unique demonstration occurred spontaneously in jubilant commemoration of the greatest political triumph of a new country in a new century, the victory of the Democrats over the Federalists. Its collective making was heralded in Boston's Mercury and New England Palladium. September 8th, 1801. Yet another cheese poem. Get ready. The Mammoth Cheese An impico-lyrico ballad From meadows rich with clover red A thousand heifers come The tinkling bells the tidings spread The milkmaid muffles up her head And wakes the village hum In shining panes the snowy flood Through whitened canvas pours the dying pots of otter good and rennet tinged with madder blood are sought among their stores. The quivering curd in panniers stowed is loaded on the jade. The stumbling beast supports the load while trickling way bedews the road along the dusty glade. As Cairo's slaves to bondage-bred, the arid deserts roam through trackless sand's undaunted tread, with skins of water on their head to cheer their master's home. So here, full many a sturdy swain, his precious baggage bore old miser's even forgot their gain and bedrid cripples free from pain now took the road before the widow with her dripping might upon her saddle horn rode up in haste to see the sight and aid a charity so right a pauper so forlorn the circling throng and opening drew upon the verdant grass to let the vast procession through to spread the rich repast in view and elder JL pass then elder J With lifted eyes In musing posture stood Invoked a blessing from the skies To save from vermin, mites, and flies And keep the bounty good Now mellow strokes The yielding pile From polished steel receives And shining nymphs Stand still a while Or mix the mass with salt and oil with sage and savory leaves then sexton-like the patriot troop with naked arms and crown embraced with hardy hands the scoop and filled the vast expanded hoop while beetles smacked it down next Girding screws, the ponderous beam, with heft immense, drew down. The gushing way, from every seam, flowed through the streets a rapid stream, and Shad came up to town. End of poem. The spirited achievement of early democracy is commemorated today by a sign set up at the ancient and honorable town of Cheshire, located from Pittsfield and North Adams on Route 8. Jefferson's speech of thanks to the democratic people of Cheshire rings out in history. I look upon this cheese as a token of fidelity. From the very heart of the people of this land, to the great cause of equal rights to all men. This popular presentation started a tradition. When Van Buren succeeded to the presidency, he received a similar mammoth cheese. In token of the high esteem in which he was held, a monstrous one, bigger than the Jeffersonian, was made by New Englanders to show their loyalty to President Jackson. For weeks this stood in state in the hall of the White House. At last the floor was a foot deep. With the fragments remaining after the enthusiastic Democrats had eaten their fill. Chapter two was so much better than chapter one. Wow. Chapter Three Foreign Greats. Again, another poem. To cheese. So good. Title of Poem Ode to Cheese. God of the country, bless today thy cheese, for which we give thee thanks on bended knees. Let them be fat or light. With onions blent, shallots, brine, pepper, honey, weather scent of sheep or fields is in them. In the yard, let them, good lord, at dawn be beaten hard. And let their edges take on silvery shades under the moist red hands of dairy maids and round and greenish let them go to town weighing the shepherds folding mantle down whether from Parma or from Jura Heights kneaded by august hands of Carmelites stamped with the mitre of a proud abyss, flowered with the perfumes of the grass of Bress. From hollow Holland, from the Vosges, from Brie, from roquefort Gongodzola, Italy. Bless them, good lord, bless Stilton's royal fair, Red Cheshire, and the tearful cream Gruyere from Jethro Bithel's translation of a poem by M. Thomas Braun This is a ridiculous book completely ridiculous Okay, I think the next part is also a passage from like a writer? I don't know. Titled Symphony de Fromage. A giant cantle, seeming to have been chopped open with an axe, stood aside of a golden hued chester and a Swiss Gruyere resembling the wheel of a Roman chariot. There were Dutch idams, round and blood red and Port Salut lined up like soldiers on parade. Three Breeze side by side suggested phases of the moon. Two of them very dry were amber-colored and Quote unquote, full. And the third, in its second quarter, was runny and creamy, with a, quote unquote, Milky Way, which no human barrier seemed able to restrain. And all the while, majestic Roquefort looked down with princely contempt upon the other. Through the glass of their crystal covers. By Emile Zola. In nineteen fifty-three, the United States Department of Agriculture published Handbook Number fifty-four entitled Cheese Varieties and Descriptions. With this comment. There probably are only about 18 distinct types or kinds of natural cheese. All the rest, more than 400 names, are of local origin. Usually named after towns or communities. A list of the best known names applied to each of these distinct varieties or groups is given. Brick. Camembert. Cheddar Cottage Cream Edam Gouda Hand Limburger Neuf-Châtel Parmesan Provolone Romano Roquefort Sapsago Swiss Trappist Whey Cheeses My sauce and Ricotta I think I pronounced some of them right most of them right though I most definitely did not pronounce all of them right I'll have to check it up for the next episode May we nominate another dozen to form our own Cheese Hall of Fame We begin our list with a partial roll call of the Big Blues family and end it with members of the Monastic Order of Port Salut Trappist. That includes Canadian Oka and our own Kentucky Thoroughbred. First category. The Blues That Are Green Stilton Roquefort and Gorgonzola form the triumvirate that rules a world of lesser blues. They are actually green. As green as the mythical cheese the moon is made of. (laughs) Oh, the writer of this book is so good. It's so bad. In almost every land where cheese is made, you can sample a handful of lesser blues and imitations of the Invincible 3 and try to classify them until you're blue in the face. The best we can do in this slight summary is to mention a few of the most notable Aside from our own blues of Minnesota, Wisconsin, Oregon, and other states that major in cheese, Danish blues are popular and splendidly made, such as quote-unquote flower of Denmark. The Argentine competes with a Pompous grass, blue, all its own. But France and England are the leaders in this line. France first, with a sort of triple triumvirate, within a triumvirate. septimoncel Gex, and Sassanage, all three made with three milks mixed together cow, goat, and sheep. Sept Moncel is the leader of these, made in the Jura mountains and considered by many French Cassiophiles to outrank Roquefort. This class of blue or marbled cheese is called fromage persil. Perseille, as well as fromage bleu and pate bleu. Similar mountain cheeses are made in Auvergne and Aubrac and have distinct qualities that have brought them fame, such as Cantal, Bleu d'Auvergne, Guillot, Guillot or L'aguial. Laguiole. Glaguiole? Yeah, whatever. Blue the Sailors. <laughs> Jeez. Blue the Sailors. <laughs> okay, it's not Blue the Sailors. Blue the Sailors. That sounds right. And Saint Flower. Olivet and Quivel and Quivile come within the color scheme and sundry others such as Champollion Journiac. <laughs> oh man I'm losing it on these French names Journiac, Keras and Saraz I apologize of English blues There are several celebrities besides Stilton and Cheshire Stilton. Wensleydale. Wensleydale or Wes Wensleydale. Wensleydale was one in the early days and still is together with Blue Dorset the deepest green of them all an esoteric blue Vinny, a choosy cheese Not liked by everybody. The favorite of Thomas Hardy. I assume not the actor Tom. Tom Hardy, probably somebody else. Thomas Hardy. And so we're going to stop there. As the book continues on, describing individual cheeses, starting with brie. So this feels like a good place to stop. Thank you for listening. And if you like the podcast, please follow and give us a review of the podcast. In the meantime, I want to congratulate you. You've just slept with Josh. Have a gouda night.